I've seen kids take on classes, Shannon. Like they said, oh, we know the way, we know how to use Wakelet. Can we present to the class on how we can show research? Oh my word, my head just exploded. Like that's how you know your kids are leading beyond the library. That's how you know that you are a really good teacher. Your kids are shining on their own, doing their own thing outside of the library. friends and welcome to season five the future ready librarian podcast series leading from the library this is a podcast for all librarians wherever you are in your journey it is filled with amazing guests important topics and engaging conversations that will inspire engage and support all of us as future ready librarians i am your host shannon mcclintock miller i am the district teacher librarian at van meter community school in van meter iowa and I serve as the Future Ready Librarian spokesperson. I have the pleasure of working within my library and school community and also with others around the country and world through Future Ready Librarian events, conferences, consulting, writing, and more. And I am so honored to bring these voices and the work of others to our podcast and to all of you. And today, I am so excited to welcome my friend Wendy onto the podcast. We have been trying for so long to get together to chat about student leadership in the library. But first, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and and tell us a little about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm so so happy that we finally got together and we're going to talk about one of the things that I really care about. Um, So my name is Wendy Prey, and I am from deep south Texas. I'm talking deeper than San Antonio. I know people think San Antonio is deep south Texas. It is not. Deep south Texas is where the river is, where the Rio Grande River is. I'm about eight miles away from that river, eight miles north of that river. So that's where I'm from. I've been a teacher for... uh, 15 years. This is my 15th year in education. And I've been a librarian for six years, all of that time in the middle school library. And so one of the things that I really love and I care about is creating uh, student leaders in the library, but by building foundations that they'll need to work in any job that they will ever um that they can ever have, whether they're owners of their companies, whether they're helping their dad's business, whether they're baking out of their kitchen, or whether they're going into, you know, big companies advertising. These are skills that are building professionals in your library. And so um, that's one of my pride and joy projects that I do all the time with my library ambassadors. And uh, it's it's been a it's been great to see them flourish and to see them grow, and most importantly for them to come back and tell you many years after they've crossed paths with you that you've really made a difference in their lives. Oh, that's so great! I know mm-hmm. I always think about like the difference that libraries make in kids' lives, but when we can make those connections in different ways, if it is, you know, finding the right book or helping them with research or helping them, you know, apply for a job, like those are the things that as librarians, 
that they do come back to and say, like, thank you so much for, for providing that in our library. But as I reflected a little bit this morning before our conversation for our listeners, just start from the beginning, you know, like how, how do you go about, you know, having them apply? Like, how do you go about setting Mm -hmm. up the success for them? And let's just walk through, you know, the process of that for others who might want to replicate this in their library too. So this all was born from me needing help in the library. You know, in all honesty, I walked into the my first library without a paraprofessional. You know, I walked in without any help of any kind. And as a new librarian, taking on uh, all of our responsibilities, right, can be a little daunting. And so one of the things that I also inherited from the system that was already in place was that students at this particular school where I was working could take library aid, that's what they called it, a library aid class as an elective course. And so students were already scheduled into the class. And it wasn't like a full class load or anything like that, anything that we're used to as teachers, but it was, you know, a couple of kids first period, a couple of kids, you know, during lunch, and maybe two at the during the last period of the day. And so I said, um, I need to create something, a curriculum of some sort that not only addresses the needs that I have, because I need help in this library. So I need to create a curriculum that shows them uh, basics of clerical work, which is filing, organizing, you know, alphabetizing, which is our traditional, you know, how we organize our libraries, you know, um, and the Dewey Decimal System, which math teachers will love me for because we're we're supporting, you know, the number line, basic things of what, what are the numbers that come in the number line, things like that. And start from there, you know. And so that's where I started. And, and when I share about how to successfully implement something like this with your kiddos in your library at any age, whether it's elementary, middle or high school, is start with assessing what you need. You know, what what are the needs that you have and how can you start creating something so that when the kids apply, which is what I do, I actually said, oh, my gosh, I want this to mirror the job process. Like, I want this to mirror what is it like, what is it going to be like for you to go out into the real world and apply for a job? You know, and so I know everything's digital now, but I said, let's go old school. I want you to go through the process of, I'm going to hand you an application. And I didn't even have that either, Shannon. I was like, oh my God, where do I get an application? And so I connected with the yearbook teacher and I said, hey, do you have an application, you know, for your photographers, for yearbook or for your photography class or anything at this point, you know, back to teacher, you know, year one, beg, steal and borrow, like, you know, lend me something, I will tweak it. And he was awesome enough. And he sent over his application, I modified it. And I said, you know what, I want to see your strengths, you know, I'm going to have students tap into, you know, hey, what am I good at? Because a lot of the times kiddos don't think about that. And so I want you to really think about what are you good at show off? You know, what are some of the things you would like to learn? I don't want to call them weaknesses, like, 
you know, the adults call that in the interview process, what is your weakness? Now, what are some areas of growth that you you would like to explore? You know, uh, why would the library, you know, what unique gifts do you have that would make the library a better place? Um, I also include a parent permission slip because they are going to be on social media, they're going to become library advocates. And so they're going to become poster children for the library, you know, as library leaders. And then they're also uh, going to be recording videos as far as what displays they create for the library. So I wanted it to be a place that they could call their own and have ownership in that library. So all of those components made a part of that application. And I open it for everyone. And I say, hey, Anyone who wants to participate, sign up. Uh, but for the kiddos in that particular dynamic of that particular school, anyone who had the class had to fill out the application. You know, and even if they didn't, because sometimes the counselors will just put, hey, this kid is just, you know, he needs a place to go because he's out of control, what have you. I work with that student too. You know, hey, you have strengths too. You have areas of interest to grow in too. So let's work with that, you know, and so that's where I started. And those are the process I am uh, embedded and uh, it's only grown from there. How many do you really have? Great. How many do you have right now? So at one point, I the most I've ever had was 12. And I will say that was daunting because now you have to administer the library program, do your library lessons collaborate with teachers and oversee, you know, your library leaders, what are they doing? Cause you don't want them to be, you know, with idle time either. And then the least amount I've ever had is like two. Yeah. Which is probably like, I need more kids <laughs> you know, like because they're only with you for a certain amount of time. And then I've also done the program where there's no such thing as a library aid class. And it's 100% volunteer based. So then now you have kiddos coming in whenever they can, which is in the morning, right before school starts during the lunchtime, which is peak time for a lot of libraries, peak traffic time, or after school, you know, where it's kind of between those two uh, times of the day. And so you work with and I always tell them guys, the library is always better when you are in it. So whenever you can devote time to helping me do anything really from reading the shelves, sometimes I'll have sixth graders sign up and I have eighth graders that are actually doing the shelving. I'll show my sixth graders how to read the shelves. Hey, you don't got to know how, what the order is. Just make it look nice and beautiful, you know, yeah. and that counts too, you know? And so I'll find a way for them to engage. And another thing that I will say is, depending on how many you do have, uh, find a way to divide and or create responsibilities, jobs, tasks, and divide them amongst the people. Now, if you have classes, you know, divide the amount of shelves that you have. I didn't, I never used call numbers. Like for example, if I was assigning nonfiction shelving, I never did call number ranges. I always counted the whole piece of furniture because I felt that was a little more fair, you know, on, or also a I, part of being a library leader and being a beacon to your peers is being professional and learning professional skills. So I'm going to show you how to answer the phone. 
And we, I would have a taped greeting. Hello, thank you for calling the library. This is so-and-so, how may I help you? Oh, miss, I have to say all of that. Yes, you do. That is how we answer the phone in real life professional setting. I said, and trust me, you never know who's on the other line. So teachers will start complimenting you because you're not only answering politely, your tone is professional, you're saying your name. And so now the customer, which is what we, we would call patrons, we would not call them patrons, we'd call them customers. Now the customer knows who they're talking to. They're not talking to a machine and they're going to compliment you. Oh my God, you did a phenomenal job answering the phone. And that, you know, hesitation and the little embarrassment that they get will start you know, fizzling out and they'll just grow confidence. So there's professional communication, greeting the customer at the door, you know, not just standing there like they do at some of these car uh, companies out there, but hi, how may I help you? What are you looking for today? And assigning them those shelves helps them become familiar with the library. So if somebody says, hey, I'm looking for a book by so-and-so, you already know where to take the customer. And even if you don't know, I also teach them how to look up books in the catalog. And so now they become uh, customer service agents, you know, and all of these things you'll use in the professional world. So, That's yeah. So one thing, too, that you mentioned in the beginning was using like the parent permission form because they're going to be using social mm -hmm. media. And one time this was like 10 years ago now, I actually taught a class to our kids about building their PLN. And it mm -hmm. made me think about that because I remember at the time the kids who take the took the class. We had half of them in Van Meter, Iowa, and half of them were with my friend, Bill Brannick in Philly. And we taught the class every day. Oh, amazing. It was amazing. And my daughter, Brianna was in the class. And I remember even at the time, like, she's like, I don't know why I need to sign up for Twitter. I don't know, like the connections that are going to be made. And now Brianna owns a marketing company and, you know, she's 28 years old. And so those skills, just like what mm -hmm. you're doing, regardless of like the niche that they have found, if it's organizing, if it's customer service, if it's using social media, those things are all things that our kids then could go on to do to be in the workforce or entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, anything that they're doing. And so I think that those things really stand out to me as skills that are just so important for our kids to learn. And when we talk about like social media, for example, um, what kind of things do your kids like, what, how do they help in those ways? So I've only ever worked in middle school. And so not all students uh, have access to either a phone. Most of them do, but some of them don't. So I've had to create activities where they can all equally participate. And so two very awesome um, tools pop up, Adobe Creative Cloud and Canva. And so starting with Canva, uh, they have an excellent integration of the Google Classroom roster that you have, which is how I communicate with my student leaders in the library. And I teach them uh, how to do graphic design. And so when they create a display or when they want to promote any library resource or event, 
Um, I showed how to use basic tools in Canva to explore graphic design, you know, no matter where they are at the beginning stage, middle stage. Um, so they do that. But before that, I share, I show them how to use it by them talking about themselves and introducing themselves. So presentation, you know, and uh, what exactly do you want people to know about you online? And we talk about that too, digital citizenship. We talk about presentation, about the message that's being with basic design tools. You know, is it too busy? Is it cluttered? You know, what colors are you using? What's the contrast? Think of this graphic design as a billboard on the highway, just like you would a display in the library. These billboards are quick. People don't have time to sit down in front of the billboard for 10 minutes. They're driving by. You need to make an impression in three seconds. So choose wisely. And so the kids are having fun designing things on using technology, but at the same time, you're tapping into everything they're learning in the classroom, like symbolism, you know, and theme, right? These abstract skills that they need to know and inferencing. What do you want people to understand from the very few elements that you're showing them on one image? And so those are some of the things that we go a little bit deeper in when we create these graphic displays for social media. Now, they themselves are not at the helm of releasing the information on social media. They send that to me and I do that for them. But um, they're the they're the content creators, you know, when yeah. it comes to that. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, Brie will love listening to this because that's, you know, a huge part of her job and the things, you know, that in high school, you know, why we were teaching them these different skills and tools that we were using and you know, that now that was 10, 11 years ago, but mm-hmm. Canva's definitely her best friend. So I love that. Yes. I think that's so great. Yeah. Another thing too, that I know you are very involved in is the Wakelet Ambassador Program for Students. So I want you to mention yes. that because I do think that that's such an amazing resource for others to get involved in too. Yes. So one of the things that I... Wakelet Student Ambassador Program saved me during the pandemic. I had a curriculum that was very in-person. You know, the students had to be in the library to help me, you know, and when the pandemic came and we had to learn from home, I, like other teachers, had to create digital content for students to learn. And so enter Wakelet, you know, digital, um, their program that they have for the students. And what I loved about this program is that it allows the students to not only explore a digital tool, but to really think about how they're going to use it so that it stands the test of time. Like, I don't just want to introduce you, oh, this is the next cool thing, but it's, I want you to, I want to introduce you to a product that will be useful to you no matter what you do. So the way it's set up and shout out to Tisha Poncio and Deb Zeman who created this program, um, it is the six different C's, right? The six C's of learning, curation. And I go over them with, this is how you search for items online. This is how you look at the results that you're getting online. You know, the first thing that they do on that program is, Talk about themselves, what's important to them, what are some dreams and goals that they have for themselves, what 
favorite subject do they have in school? And so I teach them how to use the different features within Wakelet to represent themselves. And so they do that, which is the easiest one, but I love it because it shows them all of the tools and features we're gonna use later. The second task has to do with critical thinking. You know, you're gonna take one topic that is controversial or has two sides, and now we're learning how to listen to ideas that may not be like ours, right? And then analyzing them and finding a peaceful medium to where you can say, I agree, I don't agree, this is why, and I respect that point of view, you know? And so they're learning how to interact with these types of ideas in the real world. The third one is about creating so they, that's where they create their badge on Canva uh, or their their um, graphic about themselves. But it's actually not about themselves. It's about what Wakelet means to students. So one of the things I love about that task is that they have to incorporate three words, community, culture, or community, communication, and diversity. And so they have to, <clears throat> excuse me, think about I tell them you can't just put text on a graphic. Nobody wants to be the you use the graphic, you use the image. And one of the other things I love about that task is that they have to talk through their struggles. And they talk about that on a flip video and they say, you know what? I first started doing this, then I struggled, but this is the way I overcame my struggle. And so they themselves are talking about, hey, not only am I learning how I got over this design, you know, kink that I had, but hey, this is how you cope with difficulties in life. You can apply the tools that you're learning here to future things. Um, and then the others are uh, research-based. They learn how to present digitally. I, I use Screencastify for that particular project. And at the end, they just culminate everything and create their first portfolio ever. I go into resume building, which is the PS de resistance, right, on their, on their um, portfolio. And the kids leave the library as eighth graders with a portfolio of academic work of their own choosing, because I don't, I only tell them this is the structure. The topic is yours. I only show you how to research and gather the information. The product is yours. What you want to convey with your work is all yours. And so they leave with this piece of work. And then I also tell them, and by the way, now that you're going to apply for your first job after high school, guess who your first reference is going to be? me because I'm technically your first boss ever. So reach out, you know, get a hold of me. I will gladly write a recommendation letter. But the Wakelet Student Ambassador Program is an amazing tool that is incredibly versatile. It, the structure is just perfect. And it, it not only saved me during the pandemic, but it also helped me incorporate some of these skills that the kids needed to use besides just uh, doing work that requires a physical presence in the library? What are some of the behind the scenes things that you need to know how to do as a professional and a leader, you know, and do them on your own terms with things that you care about that are relevant to you? And so I've seen kids take on classes, Shannon, like they said, oh, we know the way we know how to use weekly. Can we present to the class on how we can show research? Oh, my word. My head just exploded. Like that's how you know your kids are leading beyond the library. 
that's how you know that you are a really good teacher. Your kids are shining on their own, doing their own thing outside of the library. And yeah, I actually had that happen. It was like tears. So, so great. Very proud. Yeah. I love all your stories. I think that's so (laughs) amazing. That's you're doing great things, my friend. And I can't wait for people to listen to this, but also I can't wait for people just to follow you if they don't, because I think that's, you know, part of the way that we all share stories. So let's just like end that too, with telling people where they can find you on social or find you online. Yeah. So you can visit me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter. And I am at WPray underscore. I am on Instagram at Pray Tale Librarian. And um, you can also visit my website, wpray.com, and just learn a little bit more about me there and how I contribute to my professional community and to my personal learning network and uh, just some of the things that I love and I'm passionate about in the library world. Um, thank you so much, Shannon. I appreciate so much sharing about something I, I love with all my heart. Oh, you're so welcome. I love it. I love it. And, and thank you just for joining us, but also just everything that you shared. I think it's so great. Everyone's going to be able to um, find Wendy's information attached to this podcast, along with a certificate of professional development that you can download and fill out to use. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series leading from the library and a very special thank you to our sponsors Follett. You make a difference in our library schools and within our lives and that of our students every day. We appreciate everything you do. I hope that you take what you learned in today's podcast and put it to use within your practice as a future ready librarian. Until next time friends, keep finding ways to lead within and from your library.